Oh, I'm back. Finally. Honestly, these last few months have been fucking just an absolute shit show, to put it lightly. Um, yeah, just had so much go on, like real heavy stuff. Like my stepdad died. Um, my nan died. Just some family stuff. Um, I've got like my own kind of health issues that have been going on and... Oh, it's just been a lot, like, these last few months have just been, <sighs> well, <laughs> I wrote about it on a post yesterday, actually, um, it's really just been, like, a, a time for me to, instead of focusing on, like, doing things and, like, creating content and, like, being there for, you know, this person or, you know, doing this and doing that, it's it's really been a a time for me to just really just be with myself and and really be patient like previously I would have been someone that would have felt like guilty or bad or like ashamed that you know I'm I didn't have much energy I, I wasn't really doing much you know I, I would get up most days at I don't know 9 10 a.m you know wouldn't really do a great deal literally just spent <coughs> Literally just spent like the last few months really just kind of getting through each day. And that that's about it. Um, but I, I haven't felt the need to try and push myself and, and, you know, get things done and hustle and grind. And, you know, all this fucking toxic shit that society puts on us. Uh, you know, you can't rest. You've got to keep going and going and going and going. And it's just, it's all bullshit. Um, so, yeah, that was really good to actually recognise that. All the work that I've been doing on myself over these last few months, a few months, a <laughs> few years, has, um, well, I've actually been able to embody and I've been able to really, like, show myself compassion and be patient with myself and not try and force myself to do things just for the sake of doing something. Um, yeah, which has been really good. But... As I say, it, it feels amazing to be back. It feels amazing to like, actually feel excited and have energy again and, you know, be able to, you know, use my voice and, and write again and, you know, do things that I just, um, I love and that I'm passionate about. Um, yeah, just feels really great. So, with all of that being said... What I want to talk about today is our core beliefs um, and how they affect isn't the right word. How they, uh, well, we'll use it. How they affect our lives in adulthood. So our core beliefs are created in our childhood um, and essentially they're, they're childhood wounds. So... I want to talk specifically about um, the I'm not good enough wound, which I would say the majority of people can relate to this wound. Now, there are multiple ways that this wound can be created. Um, like different people will be affected by different things. But, for example, it could have been created by uh, one of your parents like struggling with addiction and as a child in your mind you see them 
uh, using, or you see them as like prioritizing their addiction, whatever it is, alcohol, drugs, you know, wh- whatever it is, you see them prioritizing <coughs> their addiction instead of you. So in, in your mind, as a small child, you know, I'm clearly not good enough because this is more important to them than I am. That could be one way that it, this I'm not good enough is created. Um, another one could be, I don't know, maybe a parent like, works away a lot, um, spends a lot of time at work. And, you know, in your mind as a child, you're not good enough because if you were good enough, then your parent would be around more and you'd spend more time with them and, and stuff like that. Um or another way that it could be created, maybe your parents are, um, they really push you, say, in school, for instance, and, you know, maybe you get like a, a B grade and you can just sense the, the, the disappointment from them because you didn't get an A grade. You know, that, that could be, um, that could result in this I'm not good enough belief being cr- created. So, as I say, there are multiple ways that this belief can be created. Um, and just because something affects one person doesn't necessarily mean that it will have the exact same effect on someone else. You know, our, our childhood wounds are very, very personal to us. Um, now, how our childhood wounds get carried on um, into adulthood and how... Essentially, we create the world through these childhood wounds. Is um, so the the pain that you experience as a child when uh, these um, beliefs get created. You know that I'm not good enough belief. The pain you experience when that belief has has been created is so painful for you that in your adulthood. Anything that resembles that kind of pain that you experienced um, when that belief was being formed and, and created is something that you will spend your whole life running from. So, what what the um, I'm not good enough belief does in your adulthood is essentially act as a shield. So, it shields you from ever experiencing that same pain you experienced in your childhood. So, for instance, <coughs> what I mean by that is, if you really think about it, every single time, you know, this belief shows up and, you know, in your adulthood, you think, well, I'm not good enough. You know, maybe it's um, in a relationship, maybe it's for a job, maybe it's going to university or... Um, in a friendship or, or whatever it is, when this belief shows up, what is it, what is its role? Well, its role is to stop you experiencing that same pain that you did in childhood by preventing you from putting yourself out there and potentially experiencing that same pain. So, for instance, you know, there's a part of you that um, really wants, like, uh, a new career, let's say. Um, 
and you you already hold this I'm not good enough belief this this core wound that was created in childhood and instead of you know applying for um uni or applying for this job and and really putting yourself out there um and and seeing what happens instead this belief will show up oh i'm i'm not good enough to go to university i'm not good enough to apply for that job i i can't because i'm i'm not good enough so what that causes you to do is not put yourself out there the same as in a relationship let's say um you know you you just start speaking to this person um and you know you're really starting to like them and you want to take it that next step further and and ask them out <coughs> but because you have this core wound and you know this core belief of i'm not good enough that comes to the surface and prevents you from actually asking them out so you might beat around the bush and just go along with like being friends with benefits and um, allowing them to like take the lead because you're scared that if you ask them out and they say no, you'll be met with the exact same pain you experienced in your childhood that formed this I'm not good enough belief. Now, and here, here's the irony. A lot of people that don't understand what these core wounds and these core beliefs um, do for us actually solely identify with them. And because of that, they beat themselves up. They feel ashamed. They just feel like a shit human being. They feel like a failure. They feel like a loser. Now, all of this stuff, when actually... And th- this is why I'm I'm so passionate about what I do. Like once um, we work together, and I can actually help you recognise why and how this core belief and this core wound was created. From that mo- moment on, when when that wound and and that belief comes to the surface, instead of shaming it, what you can actually do is recognise that oh. You're just here to prevent me from experiencing the same ki- the same type of pain that I experienced in my childhood. Oh, oh, it's childhood me trying to protect adult me from that same pain. And as soon as you recognise that, and as soon as you're able to acknowledge that, every single time you have that thought of, I can't because I'm not good enough... No longer do you beat yourself up for it. No longer do you feel ashamed because of it. But instead, you can actually start to get in relationship with that part of you. You can start to get into a, a loving, nurturing relationship with your child self. You know, you can then start to hold that innocent little child inside of you and, and speak to it. And this is exactly what I do. No, I I mean, every human being to some extent has this core wound of I'm not good enough, but that's not particularly mine. I'll I'll speak about mine in a minute. Um, But let's say that comes up for me. You know, I can actually speak to childhood, Dan, and say, thank you, Dan. You know, I I completely understand right now that you're feeling scared and, you know, you, you really do not want to feel that pain that you felt in the past. And I, you know, I, I absolutely get it. Um, but 
I'm okay. Uh, I've got us, and um, I'm going to take the lead from now on. And th that doesn't mean that the childhood part of me instantly trusts, like, adult me when I say that. And I, I don't say it out loud. I, I say it in my mind. Um, I, I, it doesn't mean that, you know, instantly childhood me is like, ah, it's okay. Like, adult Dan's got us now. Like, we're safe. You know, I, I trust him 110%. That's it. My, my job here is done. That's, that's not how it works, unfortunately. Um, this is why I talk about um, how it's a process. And th this is what I talk about when I, when I talk about healing. Healing is a process. Healing, to me, is a process of getting into relationship with these parts of us that we've rejected and abandoned. And, you know, over time, the more um, you're able to speak to that childhood part of you, you know, when these beliefs come up, and over time, the more you're able to... Um, make different choices and like really hold yourself emotionally and you know really start to feel secure in who you are that childhood part of you that is trying to keep adulthood uh, adult um you safe will over time start to trust you and that means that this belief this this core wound while I mean, some people will say it will go away and you'll be, you know, you'll be able to heal it. And I, I don't believe in that. I believe in <clears throat> the, these beliefs and these wounds will always be there. But we will no longer just um, react when, when certain things happen in our lives. We'll be able to actually take the time to be with ourselves and respond how we want to respond. That, to me, is healing. You know, really being able to hold these parts of you that feel more fragile and, and more vulnerable and still continue to put yourself out there and still continue to go after the things that your heart truly desires. That, to me, that's healing. That's, that's reparenting your inner child. Um, and I, I just mentioned a minute ago, I'll, I'll go into my core wound and, and my core belief. And that's, I'm bad. Now, I grew up in a cult. I, I grew up from, pretty much from birth. Um, after my mum had me, she had postnatal depression. Um, anyway, long story short, Jehovah's Witnesses knocked a door one morning um, and kind of like, drew my mum in. Um, and from then on, um, we were being brought up as Jehovah's Witnesses and I left when I was 12 but a lot of that um, religion cult um, a lot of that uh, ideology and um, their propaganda that they dish out is really really destructive when it comes to just being a human being like so many of our natural human aspects ashamed in that cult. Um, but a big one for me is sexuality. Now, growing up, um, you know, as a young boy and getting close to a certain age where, <clears throat> as a boy, 
you know, your hormones start changing and, and things start happening and, you know, your thoughts change and, you know, you start fantasizing about certain things and, um, you know, all, all of this stuff is absolutely vital and, and normal and, um, you know, without it, like none of us would be here. We're shamed and we were told that um, this part of us is bad and why Jehovah um, doesn't like or, or love this part unless it's um, done in a very specific way while you're married. Um, and as a young boy, you know, really trying to like find my own identity and, and figure out who I am and the way the world works. And, you know, my brain was just being bombarded with all of this programming that had me believe that <coughs> certain parts of me are just bad. Um, and as a result of that, like that, that core wound and that core belief, I'm bad has created like really my whole life and it is it, still creating aspects of my life right now um but what i just said previously about um you know our core wounds and our and our core belief, beliefs and uh, their purpose when we become adults this core belief again like every core belief, has acted as a protector. Now, what's it been protecting me from? It's been protecting me from really allowing myself to be seen, because if, if I'm really seen, then the people that are closest to me, the, the people that I you know really want their love those people will see that he is bad. You know, Dan really is bad. And, you know, childhood Dan, you know, the, the little boy inside of me, is just trying to protect us from experiencing that same pain that he experienced in his childhood. So as a result of that, I've spent my whole life never really allowing anyone to see me. I've... You know, specifically when it comes to um, like deep intimate relationships. Now, my first relationship, I was absolutely terrified of her seeing me. Um, so much so that in my mind, and I, I can remember thinking this like all the time. In my mind, there are two versions of Dan, and I'll, I'll get to where that comes from as well. There were two versions of Dan. There was loving Dan, who's um, the Dan that is in relationships. And then there's this bad, perverted Dan that will never be loved and won't be able to be part of a loving relationship. Now, what this caused me to do is allow my first girlfriend to... Um, see the parts of me that, you know, was really kind and caring and, and loving and nurturing and, you know, all, all of the good parts, quote unquote, parts of Dan, um, but never allowed her to see the parts of me that I'd been led to believe were bad, predominantly my sexuality. So I would never say to her, 
um, you know, I want to do X, Y, and Z. I want to explore this together. I want to do this. This is a part of my sexuality that um, I want you to know about. Like, none of that. We we never had any conversations about sexuality at all. It was very much... Um, And this sounds terrible. I don't mean it to sound like this. But, you know, going through the motions when it comes to sex, I would uh, I would keep it very kind of... Um, I don't particularly like this word, but I'll use it. I, I would keep it very kind of vanilla. Anything that was kind of um, potentially, like, risky, but I wouldn't bring to the table in our relationship. And because of that... And, and because this part of me really wanted to be seen and expressed, I, I couldn't suppress it any longer. And I ended up cheating on her and like hurting her and just... And then all this done was caused me more shame. But in my mind, it was far easier to um, allow her to see like the good parts of Dan... And then uh, go behind her back and explore the other parts of my sexuality with someone else. Because if I brought that part of me into the relationship and let her see that part of me, in my mind, I was going to experience the exact same pain that I experienced in my childhood. And I, I wasn't ready to do that. And for me, this has been a like a, a real learning curve because, I mean, let's be honest, like really allowing someone that's close to you to really, really know you and, and really see you is absolutely terrifying. Hence the reason why, you know, most of us find it easier to speak to someone outside of our relationship because if we really let our partner see these um, kind of dark, um, uh, maybe socially uh, socially unacceptable parts of us, then you know that that leaves us open. That leaves us vulnerable to rejection, and that leaves us vulnerable to um, experiencing the exact same pain that we experienced in our childhoods when our core beliefs were formed. And we we don't want to do that. So, instead of that, we either act out um, in unhealthy ways outside of our relationship, which in the end causes us more pain, um, or we just live a life that is unfulfilled and go through all of our relationships, never really experiencing the kind of uh, love and freedom, essentially, that every human being craves. So, what I want you to take away from this is every single time you have one of these thoughts that feels really, really, um, that kind of like stops you in your tracks, you know, that I'm not good enough, I'm bad, uh, you know, like a, an I am belief. Every single time you experience one of those thoughts and it prevents you from doing something that you actually want to do, don't shame that part of you. 
Don't blame that part of you. In fact, try to show that part of you some appreciation and some gratitude. Because remember, all it's actually doing is trying to protect you from experiencing that pain again. And once you can start doing this, you'll start to feel so much more secure in yourself. And as a result of that, you'll allow yourself to, you know, be seen. You'll, you'll start putting yourself out there more. You'll, you'll no longer feel like you're holding yourself back. You'll, you'll start to create a life and the, the kind of relationships that your heart truly desires. Now, of course, I'm not saying that it's going to be easy. Fuck, I'm only really just starting to uh, kind of be intentional and uh, be conscious about, you know, my choices and, and the life that I'm creating. So take it easy. You know, be patient with yourself. There's no rush. And really... All, all this is, is learning how to get into a loving, nurturing relationship with yourself. <laughs>